Hello, prayer friend. Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. These podcasts are the ones that help you to develop footsteps with impact in your prayer life. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Download this and send it to your friends. We would appreciate if you recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store, and also the Google Play Store. It's the same app for both platforms. It's very well done, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you're listening. Thank you. Hello, friends all over the world. Welcome once again to our podcast, Footsteps with Impact from Afri Christ Prayer Ministries. This is Sam Kawesa, your host again today. And we are going to be discussing a very uh, important topic today, which is really common, okay? But the thing about it is that um, just because it's common, a lot of people take it for granted. Just as the saying goes, familiarity breeds contentment. You know, a lot of times people are content with just saying, oh, I have faith. But today we're going to see something a little different. We will see why Jesus said to a select few, your faith has healed you. Or to another, he was simply amazed at their faith. You know, uh, making statements such as, I've never seen such faith in all of Israel. Why did Jesus say that? Why was Jesus amazed at some of these people's faith and not others? And there were so many people, they believed in him. They were following him. But how come he said to some the things that he said? So now the question is, is Jesus amazed at your faith today? Or does your faith help or fail you? Does it fail short of what you intended to do, whatever the uh, situation is? Our title for today is How to Pray with Power Through Faith That Believes and Trusts. And you're going to see why I say that believes and trusts. Because there's faith that believes, but there's faith that believes and trusts. And we're going to see the difference. And I really believe that's why Jesus said to some your faith has healed you, or he was really amazed at some of those people's faith. So let's get started today. You know, praying in faith takes the word of God, its promises and principles, and applies them to our situations, and it aligns them with the will of God. You know, in Hebrews eleven six, God tells us that it is impossible to please him without faith. So faith is a necessity in pleasing God. Now, what does pleasing God mean? 
Pleasing God is to see that the things that he sends out in his word get accomplished because the Bible says that his word never comes back void to him. When he created the earth, he said that after he created all these things, he looked at them and it was good. That's pleasing to God. And the same way God wants it to be today, that when his word goes out, it pleases him so that when he looks at it, the results are good. So without faith, it's impossible to please him. Now, without faith and the Holy Spirit-led prayer, Christianity would be just like any other uh, belief. People come up with all kinds of beliefs. Even to this day, new religions are being created. New ways of thinking are being created. But there are some basic things that God has set in place. Just like he did gravity. You can't change gravity. You may play around with it, but you can't change it. You know, the thermodynamic laws of nature are there. They are going to happen to everybody regardless of their beliefs regardless of whether they like them or not, regardless of whether they believe them or not. In the same way, God has set certain principles or certain um, uh, faith laws that are already there. The good thing is we naturally, as human beings, learn to walk in them the same way we learn to do gravity. He put gravity there, but when you are born, you don't know how to deal with gravity, so you learn to walk. First you start to crawl, then you start to get up and fall, get up and fall, and then you start to walk. Some animals, for some reason, they learn it faster. Say, for example, if a cow gives birth to a baby, the baby cow just stumbles a few steps and then in a few minutes, it learns how to deal with gravity. But there are certain things that it does not learn until later on in life. The same way it is in faith. We learn certain things as we go. We first crawl and then some things we just do because naturally God, by his grace, unmerited favor, we just do those things, okay? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's what the Bible says, things that we don't see. Faith is what makes it a substance. It is what gives it hope. So when we pray, our hope is really already encapsulated in faith. So that's the substance of things hoped for, you know, and it's evidence also for those things that we haven't seen yet. Say, for example, when you go to a job and they tell you you're going to make so much money per hour and then in a month you're going to make this, you really go to work and you're working on faith. If that company goes bankrupt, you may never get paid. But the thing is, you are working on faith and at the end of the pay period, if you have worked the full hours, you're going to get paid what they said they would. Okay? Prayer is like an equation connector or a balance of sorts, you know, needed to reach this value, this value, this thing that we hoped for, the thing that we are seeking. Prayer has the power to bring hidden values, you know, those things that are hoped for together. It packages them together for us. Now, people may be praying to God for different things. But they all have this common denominator, which we call faith. It's like you have to believe that your employer is able to pay you, okay? Now, when you work, when you start working, then you are starting to trust that he will pay you. Then you come back tomorrow. Then you come back the next day. He hasn't paid you yet, but now you are trusting that he's going to pay you for the hours from yesterday and the hours that you're working now and the hours that are coming ahead of you. So that is trust. So you mix those and then you have faith in this company that they'll be able to pay you. For promises of God to be of value 
and productive in prayer, they have to be mixed with this faith. If you are going to pray in faith, you have to believe in his son, who is the power and wisdom of God, according to 1 Corinthians 1.24. It says that uh, um, Jesus Christ, who is the power and wisdom of God. So we have to be believing in this son and we have to trust in him. Praying with faith in God's word keeps us within the bounds of his will. So in other words, if you pray things outside of what God has already mandated as his word, you really are not going to be praying in his will. You have to pray in his will. Now the question is, how do I know his will? God is gracious enough that there are certain things that we do, at least minimally, and we shall be in his will, okay? So in order to walk in faith, you must believe. That's the beginning of faith, believing. And in order for faith to work or to produce the results, you must trust that the promiser is able to deliver on their promises. Just like I have given you the example of the employer. Okay, now we're going to do a couple of exercises today. It's going to be a little different and I want you to participate so that you can really get the meaning of it. I'll play you a sound of a motorcycle, but I just want you to imagine this when you hear this sound. Imagine that this guy is driving down the road and his friend is tired, he's walking, and then he, he says, oh, I can give you a ride. So he gives him a ride, he sits on the back, he gives him a helmet and he gives him goggles for his eyes and he starts uh, riding with him. Now, I want you also to imagine this in the first incidence that he gives him these dark sunglasses. Once he puts on the helmet, he really can't see where he's going. He knows his friend. They are going the same direction. He's going to be riding with him, knowing that, oh, he's going to take me wherever we said he's going to drop me off. And I want you to have that imagination, okay? Exercise number two will come towards the end, and it will amaze you how far you have gone to learn about faith through this simple demonstration, okay? So now here comes the sound of the motorcycle. I want you to think. I want you to imagine. Close your eyes if you have to. And imagine this scenario of your friend picking you up. You're sitting in the back. He gives you a helmet. He gives you this. It has already built-in goggles. Then you find as you get on the motorbike that these goggles really can't see through. So now I want you to have that imagination. And here is the sound. There are these two cliffs separated by a deep ravine, and connecting these two cliffs is a tightrope. And racing across this tightrope is a man on a motorcycle, and on the back is a passenger who's wearing these blinders. And there's a crowd watching this. And some people in the crowd can't bear to look. Others are looking on with this look as if, ooh, to say, I was there when he crashed. And others want to see this person get across safely. But as they're getting closer and closer, you can see the whole crowd now is cheering for them.
now that you've heard the sound, I want to read this scripture to you. Hebrews 4.2 says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being with the faith in, uh, in those who heard it. So you see, sometimes you can have the word of God, you can even speak it, but because you did not mix it with faith, it's not going to profit you. It's just going to be some word spoken. And that's what people do not understand. They think if they just throw out the word of God, throw out the Bible, then they are going to receive whatever it says. That is not so, because they are not doing it with faith. And as we have seen, that faith requires believing, and number two, requires trust. So now the key is, when you throw out that word or those words, are you believing? Yes, maybe. But are you trusting? I wonder. Because if you did trust, that means you knew uh, the person who made up that promise that you're believing is able to carry it out. Let me give you an example. You want to go downtown, wherever downtown is for you. And you go to the road, to the street, to the highway. Now, do you really think that after you pray that you say, Okay, God, please help me. I want to go downtown because there's such a such. I want to do this. Whatever you want to do downtown is irrelevant. And then you sit there and you wait and you're believing for the helicopter to come and pick you up. Really? Believe me, that is not trust. You are praying outside of the will of God when you ask for these things that, are, that don't make sense. That's what I mean. But if you go and say, Lord, help me. I want to go downtown. And then someone may come on a bike, you know, a pedal bike. They give you a ride, you can go downtown. Someone may come in a car, they'll give you a ride, you go downtown because you're by the freeway. So you see, there are some things that make sense and some things that do not. And never try to tempt God by asking for the things that are outside of his will. Okay? The principle that is set in Hebrews 4.2 that we just read basically is that the gospel message or, or a particular scripture to be of value, it has to be applied with faith. Those people did not apply their faith into the word, the word of God that they believed. This is the trust we place in Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's, you know, the reason we pray to God and always say, in the name of Jesus, because we are putting our trust in the name of Jesus that he has given us. The name of Jesus keeps us aligned to the author of our faith. You know, the Bible says that he is the author and finisher of our faith. So the thing is, once we pray like that, then we know that uh, with the name of Jesus in mind, it keeps us in line with the author of our faith. Faith is our expression of trust in the ability and the integrity of the promising party. That's it. That's our expression. It's ours. It's not him. It's us. It is that we are trusting that he's able to do, regardless of our feelings or opinions about the promise itself. If we look at the promise or the prayer request by itself, we may be overwhelmed and give up. It may be too big or too much. So when you pray in faith, you move your eyes from what you are praying about to the author and finisher of that faith, who is Jesus Christ. And we have seen that Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of our faith and also the 
power of God and the wisdom of God. Every time God answers our prayers, he not only answers it in power, but he answers it with wisdom. In other words, he knows what we need, and we shall see a scripture later on. And in other words, he can never give you anything that is outside of his wisdom. I'll give you an example. An insurmountable problem. Here is Sarah, and here is Abraham. They are old in their 90s. And then this angel comes and he says, she's going to have a baby in nine more months next by next year. And Sarah, of course, goes, <laughs> is that possible? But I really believe this was not a laugh of disbelief, but it was a laugh of really look at me kind of thing. Not disbelief in him, but she was looking at herself. So then when she stopped looking at herself, and she started to look at the promiser. She now trusted that the God who promised was able to do what he promised. Then suddenly, her 90-year-old body gained strength to carry this baby for nine months. So for nine months, her uterus rebuilt. Everything happened as it should. She carried the baby, and voila, there it was. And I've seen in my life where people were told by doctors they can't have babies, they can't have children, they've had periods every single day of their lives. They had the, in other words, they had the issue of blood, like the woman in the Bible, we shall see. But they started to believe. They started to stop looking at their bodies. The wisdom, the power and wisdom of God tells them, go to this doctor. That's why when we pray for certain things, you pray for the right doctor, you pray for the right timing, you pray for the right medication, and then guess what? It's going to happen. So this, you may be with an issue of blood, and you've been bleeding, and they've told you you're so anemic, you could never hold a baby. Then you know what? You stop looking at your situation, you start looking for the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God here is, which doctor do I look for? Who is, you ask people, do you know of anyone who has dealt with this kind of thing? That's wisdom. The power of God is already there for you to conceive because he has created you as a woman and you are able to conceive. So that power is done. Now you're just looking for the wisdom of God to be applied. What is the power and wisdom of God? You look to Jesus Christ, not to what they have told you is going to happen to you or is not going to happen to you, okay? That's what happened here with Sarah. She was old. Everything was, probably she had no more eggs because she wasn't having any more period at that time. Guess what? God brought in one more egg, one more egg for Abraham to use and have a son. And that's what exactly happened, okay? Then there was this story of a Roman centurion who believed for his servant's healing. He too had to look and trust in Jesus. You know, this is in Matthew 8, 5 through 8. Jesus said, okay, I'm coming to your house to, to see your, your servant. The man said, no, 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 no. I myself am a man of authority. I order soldiers to go here to do this and to do the other. And they do. So I know you are a man of authority. All you have to do is speak the word. What this man was saying that, Listen, you son of God, you are God yourself. You are able to speak and everything aligns itself. You don't have it to go there. In fact, he said that I am not even worthy for you to be under my roof. So please just speak the word. I know everything will line up. Every atom, every molecule is going to line up because you have said so. Okay, this is when Jesus says, I have not seen such faith. 
This is a commendation that we should all get every time we pray. Jesus should be able to say to us, I have not seen that kind of faith, okay? Then we also look at that lady that I was telling you about in Matthew, um, uh, Matthew 9, 20 through 22. She herself was a woman with an issue of blood. She was bleeding all her life and she was still having periods. You know, for 12 years, I think that's what the Bible says. And so that means that from teenager to maybe in the 20s, we don't know. But whatever it is, she had been bleeding all her adult life. And here she says, you know what? If only I can just touch the helm of his clothes. She knew that this is Jesus, the power and wisdom of God. So she went and touched him and Jesus felt the touch. There were so many people, even his disciples said, so many people are touching you. How can, how can you even ask us who touched me? Because this is a different kind of touch. This is a faith with belief and trust. Once you do that, your faith is going to be very different. You are not going to be the same person after we go through this. So she touched his robe and guess what? Power was drawn for her healing. Jesus knew that power had come out of him. What did we say Jesus is who? He is the power and wisdom of God. So you see, all these things work together. These are things that happen. And those people who apply them, they know that they're going to get results with whatever it is that they're asking God to do because they trust that he's able to do. Okay. Now, let it be emphasized though. Our object of veneration here is not the word faith or the faith itself. No, but it's the Lord himself. That's why these people, they applied their faith to go and reach towards Jesus, to look towards Jesus, to trust towards Jesus. Everything was aligned towards Jesus, okay? So just remember that faith is only a pathway to the Lord, It's not faith itself. So someone can't just come around and say, I have faith this, I do this because I go to a prayer church called faith this, faith that. That's not the issue. You are now venerating or worshiping the faith itself. No, it's not the faith itself. Faith is just a pathway towards Jesus Christ. Now, look at another picture I want to give you. Prayer, especially spirit-led prayer, is like a harness. It harnesses the power of faith and brings it in harmony with the Father and the Son. What do I mean? Imagine a horse. There's a cart here and a horse here. Those two things can do something. But the way they are right now, they can't do anything because they are separate. There is a functionality that can come out of the two coming together. So what brings them together? The owner brings a harness or ropes and puts them around the horse and then goes and puts them on the cart and puts them together. That's a harness. And that harness now has put horse and cart together. Now this man can say, oh, when the horse moves, I can load it with stuff and my load can be lighter. That's what prayer is. Prayer is the harness that brings things of the spirit realm and brings them in harmony with the Father and the Son. And then we get results in our prayer. Those are principles. They are there. Sometimes we do them without even realizing because God is so gracious for those who are willing to allow his spirit to work with them. It will work. You don't have to go sit there and say, oh, I have to go to Bible classes and blah, blah, blah. 
it's good to go because it will shorten the period of your understanding. But sometimes you don't have to. That that woman uh, with the issue of blood didn't go to Bible school for that. No, she it just happened. She just knew within her. In other words, she puts all these things together. That was her prayer. If only I can touch the helm of his robe so you see that is prayer it's now harness the power of god the who is jesus christ and the result which you wanted to get rid of the issue of blood you see how these things work together that's praying with impact okay these are principles not formula you don't just sit there and start adding one and one plus two and blah 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 even though there are principles that are already there and god has given us ways to figure them out because of his graciousness we do not have to know what to pray. In fact, the Bible says in a sense of what words to use or what to put together. You know, the Bible says that we know not what to pray, but the Holy Spirit who knows God, who knows our hearts, he gives us the prayers to pray. Holy Spirit-led prayer is the harness that conveys or translates natural situations into divine spiritual realm, okay? As we meditate or as we affirm, as we proclaim, as we petition, or simply just praying to God, praising Him. The Holy Spirit gives us those words. That's why it says in the, in the scripture that I just said, that we know not what to pray but the Holy Spirit. Now, our prayers have to originate in the spirit realm. Christian faith, unlike the other religions, originates in the spirit, okay, and not in the intellect. You know, in the intellectual realm, things have to add up. Things have to uh, to be in with the human understanding. And so what happens in this case, uh, people say, if, if I do this and do this and do the other, then this is going to happen. That's in the natural intellect. That's what people like in witchcraft or in the occult do. That's why people in the occult will go to this one spiritist or to the other spiritist because they say, oh, that one doesn't work or this one works different. With God, it's the same for everybody. If it points to that person bringing it to you, then you know it's not of Christ. It's not of the spirit. It has to originate in the spirit. That's what it says in uh, Romans 8, uh, 24 through 26. It says, for we were saved in this hope, but hope that is not seen is not hope. For why does one still hope of what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself, makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's what Romans 8, 24 through 26, you can read it yourself, says basically to summarize it for you is that when we go to the Lord in faith and trust, we may not even have the words to pray. You may be overwhelmed by your situation or your circumstances and you don't even know how to start. That's what happens with King Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat went to the Lord and said, I don't know what to do. That's in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20. This huge army was around him. He didn't know what to do. So you know what he did? He brought it to the Lord and God provided him with power and wisdom. 
wisdom that made him put a choir in front of the army. And when they started to praise the Lord, the other people started fighting among themselves. That's the difference between our faith. It originates in the spirit realm. It originates from the spirit of God himself. That's why the Bible says that God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. What is truth? We know that truth is Jesus Christ. Truth is the word of God. He is the word of God that became flesh. All these things connect. When you see the connection with this, your walk becomes easier in prayer. You stop straining too much in prayer. It doesn't mean that you stop praying and just throwing things around, this and that. No. It means that when you go in prayer, you are directed by the Holy Spirit. You humble yourself. You bring yourself under the direction of the Holy Spirit. He will give you powerful words to speak and say. That's why the prophets of old could be sent to powerful kings and they say these words without fear. That's what Moses did to the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh was all powerful. He went back 10, 12 times before the Pharaoh buckled down. We may think like, oh, well, how come you had to go back 12 times? It wasn't for God. It wasn't even for Moses. It was for the Egyptians to see what God can do. He was kind of like reminding them, listen, I have control over the locusts. I have control over blood. I have control over the waters. So whatever it is, God is in charge, as in control. Okay? He allows us to participate. He allows us to work with him. But we should never lose the fact that everything is under his control. So let us remember that our hope and faith is based on God's truths, principles, and conclusions. God has already done these things. Nothing that happens has not happened before. That's what Ecclesiastes says. But also, nothing surprises God. So don't think that today, because this is going to happen, blah, 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 it may surprise you, but it will never surprise God. Never. Don't ever think that God is surprised with what's happening to you, around you, or what will be the answer to your prayer. He knows because the Bible says he already knows what we need before we even pray. Now, that's a, a, a lesson for another day, and I really talked about it before in one of my, my podcasts. But he knows what we need before we even pray. That's why, as we shall see, when we pray based on the Holy Spirit, it works. Because he already knows, he has already come to the conclusion to this thing. Okay, Faith is belief that trusts. When we pray, trusting in God pushes faith to work beyond just believing. Faith is trusting that the promising party is able to fulfill what he has promised. You know, one may believe that the bike rider that we have seen can take you wherever you want to go. And remember in the beginning, I told you that you sit on that bike, that person, that that sound that you heard, they sat on the bike, they were um, basically hoodwinked, given sunglasses they couldn't see through, and so they were really riding on faith. They trusted that this person is going to take them wherever they are going to take them. However, sometimes you may not see um, sometimes God may keep you from seeing the things as they happen. He did it with the children of Israel. He said, I'm not going to take you through the short um, way because once you see those things happening in there, you, you may lose faith and you may just turn around and go back. So sometimes God may not uh, allow you to see certain things even as he's working on your behalf. 
you know. So, for example, on that bike ride story, you may believe, you know, that this uh, bike rider is going to take you through, but you really don't know where he's going to take you through. You don't know where he's going to ride. So, actually, in our next exercise, I want you to imagine this. Now, remember, you came and you are walking and you're, you know, going up this hill and you're really tired and your friend comes on a bike and puts you on a bike, but he puts a helmet on you. You can't see, but you believe he's taking you where you're going. You know, that is faith because we walk by faith, not by sight, according to the Bible. So you are believing that your friend is going to take you where he said he was going to take you. He's able to because he has a bike. You are walking and you're tired. But now... When your blinders come off, I want you to imagine the same scenario. You come to your friend. You trust him. He has taken you through this before. And now the bike ride is going to start again. Now your imagination is going to change. Okay, here we go. Listen to the story. Listen to the bike. Listen to the uh, commentator. I'll meet you at the end of this. There are two cliffs separated by a deep ravine, and the only thing connecting these two cliffs is a tightrope. There's a man on a motorcycle racing across this tightrope, and he has a passenger. His passenger is holding on tight, but he has this look of confidence on him. As he looks around at the crowd that has come to see them make this daring feat. And as I get closer to the, to the other side, the crowd begins roaring. you have listened now that you have heard you heard what the commentator was saying now you realize that oh my god i am going riding on a tightrope before remember your eyes were covered by the uh, uh, sunglasses but now your sunglasses are off and now you can see that your friend is really riding you across these two uh uh, ravines or two creeks or whatever it may be, the difficulty underneath. This person is riding over a tight rope. Now you are on the bike already. You can't go back. You are sitting there, but you can see everything. You look down there and you see where you can drop. Now your face is different. You know he has taken this route before. You know he can ride over a tight rope. So now you're going over this tight rope. This is beyond believing that he can drive or ride over a tightrope. You have seen him yourself before, just like in a circus. You have seen him go over and over on a tightrope riding over it. You can believe it, but you may never ride up with him. You say, okay, okay, I believe you. I know you can um, ride over, but I don't trust you to carry me with you across on that tightrope. Never. No, nada, okay? The only person who is going to ride over with this biker is the one who trusts that he has the ability and the power to take him over. That's the difference between when Jesus says that your faith has healed you. 
when he said that I have never seen such faith. Because not only have you believed that the rider can take you over across, but you have decided I'm going to sit with him and we're going to go across together. That's the faith that believes and trusts. That's what I was talking about. You must complete your faith. Don't just stay at the beginning of believing. I believe, I believe, I believe. The Bible says that even the devil believes, but he shudders. He gets scared. Guess what? You have to believe and trust that God is able to do what he promised he would do. That's what happened to Sarah. Once her eyes shifted onto the Lord rather than on her womb and body, then she believed and trusted. Okay? So, in this case of the rider, this, uh, the sound that you heard, you notice that, oh my God, even the very first time I kept that away from you, he rode over the same thing, the tightrope. But because your eyes were covered, you didn't know, you had no fear. Someone else was taking you. You knew he would take you over there. After you've seen what he has done or what he can do, then you can ride with them. That's how it is with the faith in Jesus. After you've seen what he can do, you can ride over with him. You know that this the faith is the substance of things hoped for. That is across the other side. Okay? The things not seen. Now, there are some people... For some reason, their trust comes quicker than others. Those are the ones Jesus commands. Now, those kind of people whose faith, who, who not only believe, but have trust in the Lord, those are the kind of people that Jesus commanded. For some reason, those people had a different kind of faith. Now, a lot of people started to believe and trust after this. So, so many things. Now, you're familiar that there are people like that even today. They wait until... They see so many things and then they can say, okay, now I believe and I trust, okay? But the best faith, the best faith is the faith that believes and trusts God right away. You don't need to wait because sometimes you're in a dire situation. You have to because then, then Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus, once you say in the name of Jesus, amen, then that means you have believed in the power and the wisdom of God. Okay, you have already translated things from the natural. Your prayer is now the harness, like we saw the harness over the horse, the harness that puts these things together, the things of the Spirit of God and the things that are in the natural, the you know, the uh, the um, the the cart, chariot, or whatever it is, and the harness puts them together, and then the horse moves on. Okay, now what kind of people are those? Guess what? You can be one of those people too, because. 1 John 5.14 says this. Now, this should bless you. I use this a lot. Okay, it says this. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. That encapsulates everything about the faith, okay? That means that once you get to that point, that because you know that he has heard you, and when he hears you, he only gives you the word that will be of impact in your situation. And guess what? It will happen. In fact, James talks about this. Remember James 2, 18, 20, it says, But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. 
Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith with my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Let me tell you, the works of God in this situation, in every situation with faith, the works of God is trusting in what he has done. Yes, you may do some things like James was talking about, but you know what? Once you trust God, then you know you have completed the loop of faith. You believe, you act, and then you trust. Once you trust God, your action that you are taking, you're doing, your prayer, whatever it is, it is going to be a prayer of impact. So as you listened in today, I pray that this concept comes to you so clear with the examples that we've, we've given, the little exercise that we have, uh, we have done. I pray that you see that, you know what, God wants us to achieve these things. He has given us the scriptures. He has given us the assurance. And even he has given us the what? The, the rebuke. I really call James 2, 18 to 20, a rebuke of those who just say, oh, I have faith. By faith, I do this. No, 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 no. The veneration is not the faith itself. The veneration is that of the name of Jesus Christ. And who is Jesus Christ? The power and the wisdom of God. So when you pray from today on, I want you to go through those scriptures. And they will be on our blog. Our blog usually will have the, uh, um, the transcripts. It could be a day later or whenever after the podcast. But you see basically the transcript of what we just discussed, and you look at those scriptures, and you will see, it will bless you. I know it has blessed me every single time I think in those terms or in those ways. And our blog is www.prayingwithimpact.com. When you go to that blog, you will see all this put together for you. And much of it is really also in my book, Praying with Impact. So what I do is I go through the blog and, um, and through my book and I get out those truths and then modify them for our podcast. I also modify them for our blog so that you can really see. So you really tell you the truth. You don't even have to buy my book. And I made my book so cheap so everybody can get it. You can download it from the Apple Bookstore. And it's very interactive. It is internet ready. It is very internet sensitive. You can click from it and go anywhere on the internet and then it brings you right back where you are when you're doing research. It's really a tool to help you understand prayer and to understand that God has given you everything. The Bible says in First uh, Peter, I believe, or Second Peter, it says that he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So to me, the way I look at it like today, we have all the technology that we need for life and we have the word of God for godliness. So you can go in that book, download it. You, it will amaze you the things. It, it has audio and video teachings. I have a PowerPoint video that will take you through the blood of Jesus from Genesis to Revelation to see the power of the blood of Jesus and how it relates to the functionality of the human blood, the defenses, the defenses spiritually, defenses naturally. So I admonish you, take prayer seriously, pray with impact, and you will see 
that God has already answered your prayer. Like he says, he already knows what we need to pray for. So he has already answered your prayer. But which prayer have you been praying? And is your faith pleasing him? Is your faith amazing him? Once you answer those questions, then you realize that you can seek and you will find. So let us pray with impact so that the Lord may open the eyes of our understanding and see that everything is already here for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this word. Every time I go through these scriptures, Father, I myself, my eyes get open more and more. Father, I thank you for the examples that we have seen in your word and also in the demonstrations and the lessons. And I pray, Father, that my brothers and sisters out there who pray this prayer, who go through this podcast, that, Lord, you will show them how to pray with impact. You have shown me over many years, Father, and I've seen it work in my life and in the lives of those that I pray with and in the lives of those that I pray for. Because we are praying based on your will, we are praying with impact, and we are praying based on what your wisdom is Jesus Christ tells us to do. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're guiding us in our prayers. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you reside within us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are more powerful than that which we have out there, that the spiritual realm is real, and we thank you for prayer as a tool, as a harness to put things together for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you made your name available for us to pray and ask for anything in the will of the Father, and we shall receive it. We thank you, Father, that you keep us in your will, that we do the right thing, and that we pray knowing that you answer our prayers, knowing that you hear us, and that you understand our frailties, our uh, our failures, and everything that we need is from you. Thank you, Father, for everything, and we give you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, who is the power of God and the wisdom of God in our lives today and always. Amen.